And we are live. This is the Ball on Blast Raps Post Game Show, titled Wrap It Up. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you for joining me on this Friday night. Despite the fact that your Toronto Raptors lose 106-105 to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets came in on, I think they said, an eight-game losing streak. Not a team that you want to lose to if you're the Toronto Raptors, but I will say it was one of those games where you, you just get a bad feeling, right? The Raptors have a massive week ahead, and this Brooklyn Nets game was just in their way before you get to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Blazers. Big games next week for the Raptors, and here's a hungry team in the Brooklyn Nets. Raptors, I think, just messed around for a little too long. And once you do that with a team like this, you give them too many chances. You mess around. Sometimes you play with fire and you get burned, right? Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining me on the Wrap It Up podcast. If you're watching live on Twitter at Shell Alexander, don't hesitate to click on the link that you see. You will enter into a field where you can see a chat on the side. Send us your questions, comments, and concerns. What went wrong for the Toronto Raptors? You can do the same thing on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Again, taking your comments and questions as the Raptors lose a bad one to the Brooklyn Nets. I will say this is the first bad loss of the season. You could almost like, you know... The other losses they had, I think, were losses that, that were pretty tough. I guess the when you lose at the buzzer to Dwayne Casey, that was a tough one. But to me, I was like, hey, I'm not mad to see Casey get a win. You got blown out by Milwaukee, but you didn't have Kawhi. The Pelicans game, you know, Etwan Moore shoots the lights out. Drew Holiday shoots the lights out. Things happen. You lose in overtime to, to Boston, you could live with that. This is a bad loss. You can't lose to the Brooklyn Nets under any circumstances, but especially when you know these are the trap games on your sked, you got to come out focused right from the get-go and take care of business early, and the Raptors did the complete opposite of that. I'm going, as I see the chat here on Instagram, there's a, a theme going here so far, and a lot of it has to do with one man and one man only, Kyle Lowry. What the F is up with K-Lo? Someone else says... I haven't seen, oh, so this is C. Brown. I haven't seen Lowry's shot this bad since any playoff game against LeBron. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Lowry in this game, he went one for eight, one for seven from three, three points in this game. Five turnovers in this game. Now, Kyle Lowry also had 11 assists. That's the positive. But his shooting is now a thing. I'm pretty sure he went one for seven, one for seven, and tonight one for eight. That's not going to cut it, right? That's what, three for 22? My quick math tells me. I was an English major, so, you know, hey, can't really do much with math, but my quick math tells me three for 22 for Kyle Lowry. That's not a good, that's terrible shooting. The problem, though, is that it's in his head, and you saw that at the very end of the, that game where Kawhi's getting double-teamed. That should be an easy pass to Lowry. Lowry shoots that three in rhythm if he's confident. Instead, you can see he's not confident. He drives, passes it to Fred. Fred gets a good look, but misses. I mean, you, you at the same time, Fred should knock that down. It's a wide-open look. It's a good look. 
But if Kyle Lowry is Kyle Lowry at that point, you take and make that shot. Kyle Lowry, things are not looking good for Kyle Lowry right now, shooting-wise. And I'll say this, the past two games, I was defending Kyle Lowry. I was saying, you know what? He's doing other things on the floor. He was taking charges. He was setting guys up. He's still getting his assists. And I was okay with his bad shooting numbers. In this game, though, it becomes a problem because in crunch time, he missed a very key three-pointer. And then on the final possession, you could see that he had no interest in shooting it. And that's not good because now you're you're a detriment to the team because you're in your head. And now even your teammates, if you don't have confidence in yourself to knock down that shot, it's tough to then expect your teammates to have confidence in you to knock down that shot. Tough loss for the Toronto Raptors. And I know we can blame Kyle Lowry. His shooting numbers are right there for you. Again, one of eight from the floor, one of seven from three. Not a good look for Kyle Lowry. This game, though, really was lost by the Toronto Raptors in the first half. And this game, to me, was a lot like the Denver Nuggets game. And I know Brooklyn is not the Denver Nuggets. They're definitely not. But if Brooklyn was the Denver Nuggets, they would have blown out the Raptors in this game from the first half. It's just that they're not that good of a team, so they miss a lot of shots. They have a lot of bad possessions that allowed the Raptors to stay close in this game. One of the main reasons the Raptors stayed close in this game, Jonas Valanciunas. JV balled out. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 26 minutes, 10 of 15 shooting from the floor. JV played a solid game, and there's going to be people out there that are wondering, okay, well, if he played such a great game, why did he not play from, I want to say, like the 350 mark of the third quarter? He didn't see the court again until the start of overtime. And the answer to that question is pretty simple. It was D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell just kept killing JV on the pick and roll, the Raptors had no answer for that. He basically shot JV out of the game. And that happens too because the Raptors then don't use their advantage on the other side. And I don't know if JV is good enough of a big man to fully expose that advantage on the other side. You know what I mean? The Raptors would have to be focused in on exposing, or sorry, on using JV as an advantage on the offensive end. And they didn't really need to do that because Kawhi Leonard was cooking. Kawhi Leonard again missed a tough shot at the end of what it had been the end of regulation. Kawhi missed a very tough shot. I might even say that I think he got fouled on that play. The guy came and hit him from behind, but it went in and out. That's a tough basket. You're going to have people that are going to start pointing to Kawhi and saying, is he clutch? We're going to have that dumb narrative. It's going to come at some, it's going to come soon. Definitely. Because he hasn't hit the shot at the end of a game or at the end of regulation. We've seen that now, what, multiple times where he's either dribbled the ball off his foot or missed the basket. Here's my thing. I'm not as focused as on the last shot or the final shot, per se, because it's make or miss, right? We've seen him miss, I think, three of them now at this point. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like at some point, it's make or miss. So those shots are going to go in the more opportunities he gets. What I'm happy to see is that he's able to get his shot off. And because it's make or miss, I trust in the fact that the percentages will go back in his favor. He will hit those shots. Also, too, there's shots that he hits to get you to that point that are just as clutch as those last second shots that haven't fallen yet, right? Think about it. He, 
he made each and every shot on the way to that final push that the Raptors had because the Raptors were not playing well in this game. And if we go back to the very beginning, how this game started, Brooklyn was off to an early 13-0 run in this game. Raptors started one of six. Kawhi even himself started 0 for 4. It was ugly, right? There were bad calls. JV got an early tech for hanging on the rim. Nick Nurse basically called a timeout so he could yell at the ref for uh, a non-call on Kawhi Leonard. Things were ugly. JV basically kept them close, and so did the Nets. Because their style of play is weird. They run up and down. They're super fast. They shoot the fifth most threes in the NBA. Their pace of play is crazy. They're just not that good in terms of shooting. So they almost, as much as they shoot themselves into the game, they easily shoot themselves out of the game, right? The Raptors weren't doing well. They started 4 of four of 17, 0 for 7 from 3 in the first quarter. That's not good. DeLon finally, you know, hit the first three late in that first quarter. But even still, the Raptors were, were down by four at the end of the first. That's not a good start. Again, this game, you know in the locker room all the pregame speeches that were given by Nick Nurse and whoever else plays that role on the Raptors, that this was a trap game. It's sitting right there on the schedule. You know that you're really hyped up for the Brooklyn game. Or sorry, for the, the Bucks game on Sunday. Everyone is going to be hyped up for. This is a trap game. You know that's what everyone's going to say heading in. And the Raptors fell into the trap. Because in the second quarter, same thing. They played into the ugly flow that the Nets were, were playing as well. The Nets were just taking terrible threes. And Leo talked about this during the game. The Nets almost seem like they just take threes just because they can, right? Like there's no rhyme or reason. It's not even in the flow of an offense or anything. They're just jacking up shots. And the Raptors kind of fell into that trap. The problem is the Raptors weren't hitting their shots. And the Raptors were turning the ball over. CJ Miles still continues to give them nothing. The bench mob is still struggling, I want to say. Like I'm not, I, I can't really say that the bench is really doing that well. Fred Van Fleet is still not shooting the ball well. DeLon Wright, I still like his energy, but overall you needed more from your bench. OG not playing well. If you look at the bench numbers, OG 1 of 5, Freddie 2 of 7, DeLon 2 of 8, Serge 2 of 7. That's just not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it at all. The Raptors scoring basically all came from JV, Pascal, and, and Kawhi. Everybody else had a terrible shooting night from the floor. Danny Green only took two shots, right? But it, it was a bad game for the Toronto Raptors. Just a bad, bad game. And you get caught up in these first halves where you don't play well, and then the longer you allow a team to gain confidence, or a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who we saw is just a streak shooter, the longer you let those guys hang around, the more opportunity you give for something like this to happen, where you lose a tight game against a team that you should beat, right? As this game continued, it was really just Kawhi keeping them in the game. Kawhi Leonard, again, if the focus just turns into Kawhi missing shots at the end of games, we're missing the point. That's, that's my message to Raptors fans. If you're going to sit around and point to Kawhi missing at the buzzer, to me, that's silly. Because overall, watching the game, he's doing everything else. And those end-of-game situations, 
it's make or miss. Can he get his shot off? Like that ball literally just rimmed out. It was halfway down and it just spun back out. Am I going to say Kawhi had a bad game because that last shot didn't go in and the Raptors lost? Of course not. I can't do that. He was up over 30 points again with 32. He hit five threes again, which is just crazy. He had four steals, four assists, shot two, 10 of 21. Kawhi Leonard played a great game. And again, the way that he was scoring and keeping the Raptors in the game, that to me was the most impressive part of this because when you look around and you're getting nothing from Kyle Lowry, Kawhi knows that he has to he has to take and make these big shots. And he was doing it in all kinds of ways. Again, I mentioned the threes, but that dunk he had late in the game, that lefty dunk that he put down that even had CeCe Sabathia in the first row just like going crazy. Kawhi Leonard's a problem. I'm not mad at Kawhi Leonard. Again, Kawhi Leonard was 5 of 6 from three-point land. The rest of the Raptors were 6 of 29. That's tough to win games doing that. It's very tough to win games doing that. And I feel like part of the problem of what's going on is sometimes the Raptors lull into just letting Kawhi save them, right? And it works most of the time. Heck, it almost worked tonight. But it just wasn't enough. Again, Raptors fans, let me know what you think. Raptors lose, 106-105. Tough Friday night loss to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets came in as a hungry team. Raptors did not match their intensity at all. Um, reading comments here, and remember, me reading comments is not an endorsement. This comment here says, Lowry effing sucks. I don't agree with that. He's just in a shooting slump. He could even be hurt. I don't know. But I don't think he sucks. Dude still had 11 assists in the game. He's still running the offense. He's just in a shooting slump, right? Um, I think it's someone else says, I think it's time to start worrying about Lowry. He keeps passing up shots. And to me, that's the bigger problem. Him passing up shots is a bigger problem. I'd rather have him continue shooting one for seven until he gets back in rhythm. I mean, unless he's hurt, which we know Lowry is a guy that he's going to have to be really, really, really hurt to sit out. But I want him to keep shooting. When he's passing up the open looks, that's when I start to get worried. That's when I, if I see more of that, because I think that happened late in the game a lot, and that's really becoming a problem. If that continues into a big-time game, uh, uh, or what I like to call the show-me game, that's coming up on Sunday against the, the Bucks, then I could see that being a real, real problem. But people are starting to worry about Kyle Lowry. Here's another comment. Uh, why set a screen if the double Kawhi and you're going to be scared to shoot? Uh, this is in reference to the last play. Kyle Lowry went over to set the screen, and clearly the Nets game plan was on the screen to double-team Kawhi to force the ball out of his hands. It worked. It got to Kyle. And it, again, a confident Kyle Lowry is ready to shoot that shot right off the pass from Kawhi. Instead, he catches, drives to the basket, finds Fred. Fred doesn't knock it down. That's a, it's a tough play. Some might argue that's the basketball play. But I feel like as Lowry drove... He was kind of open. He could have even pulled up for that little foul line extended jumper. He was open. But you could tell he just didn't want to shoot. And that is a bigger problem than him missing shots, in my opinion. More Kyle Lowry comments here on Instagram. Can't make no more excuses for Kyle. Um, is, Kyle <laughs> is Kyle slumping or is he salty? I think he's just slumping. I don't think the saltiness transfers over to the court. Like, he wants to hit shots. It's not like he doesn't want to hit shots. 
Uh, someone says Kyle's been passing up open threes for a while now. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's still not a good look, especially in crunch time. In crunch time, you need him to be confident and take that shot. And also, too, the big part is once he starts passing up shots, that's even worse for the Raptors' offense because that just ruins the whole flow of the game because the threat of Kyle Lowry taking that shot is almost worth as much as Kyle Lowry hitting that shot. Do you know what I mean? The threat of Kyle Lowry being able to knock down that three opens up the middle for Pascal Siakam. Heck, do the Nets even double team off a of Kyle Lowry screen if Kyle Lowry is shooting better than one for eight in this game? Right? These are questions you got to start asking yourself. Is it time to start worrying about Kyle Lowry? I don't know. I think if I see him have another rough game in a big time game against the Bucks, I'll admit I'll start to get worried if there's one more one of blank, one of whatever uh, shooting night from Kyle Lowry. But the fans seem to be worried already. Someone else here on Instagram says Kyle Lowry is trash. OMG, what the F? Uh, Another person says, the whole Raptors can't shoot except for Kawhi. Again, that was the tale tonight, as the Toronto Raptors shoot 31% from three-point land, but deeper into the numbers, Kawhi Leonard was 5 of 6, the rest of the Raptors were 6 of 29. So yeah, this person on Instagram basically has the theme correct. If your name's not Kawhi Leonard, you can't really hit shots. Um, going back to... We got a lot of comments here. Raptors fans are fired up. This was this was a game, right? This was a game that the Raptors just messed around with too much. And you could tell that I feel like if you're a Raptors fan, if you're in that locker room, you're associated with the team, you're looking at this game as this was a trap game. And I thought that as long as the Raptors hung around, they would get the stops to win the game at the end. And they were in position to do that. Kawhi just missed a shot at the very end. They couldn't make the play at the very end of the game to win it and end up losing in overtime. Uh, let's see, more comments on Twitter now. Uh, someone says, Lowry needs to get his game right. We talked about that, totally agree. Whoa, someone here, I don't know if I agree with this, but someone says, this team may need a trade. Bucks and Sixers have already upgraded their teams. Now, <laughs> if this Kyle Lowry shooting slump turns into more than what we're thinking is a shooting slump, I might be with you. I might be on board with that, but I'm not there yet. I'll say that. Uh, someone else brings up a great point. Kyle Lowry is making 30 plus million and he only gets you three points. That's a very valid point. It's a very valid point. Now, again, the two prior games before this, we've been having conversations at work about it and I've been sticking up for Kyle Lowry saying that he's been doing other things other than shooting the ball well. And I wasn't really worried because he's finding other ways to impact the game. But watching this game again, him passing up shots, especially in crunch time, that's when I start to worry about Kyle Lowry. And that's when things like, yeah, you're making $30 million as the all-star. You can't be passing up shots like that. You got to shoot your way out of it. Shoot your way into the slump. Shoot your way out of the slump. More comments. Uh, this one's still on Twitter. Very rough start, and their defense is good, but not complete. And they can't get a rebound. Very true, but that's tough, especially when they went small. And I'll credit Nick Nurse because the Raptors were down, and they made a bit of a run 
when they went small and they had Pascal at the five, Fred Van Fleet came in to play with Kyle, Kawhi, and Danny Green. Raps made a bit of a run. That also was made for defensive reasons as well, because as mentioned, it was easier for them to switch the screens on D'Angelo Russell, and he wasn't able to get that little runner going all the time, right, when they went small. So it's tough. Nick Nurse made the adjustments needed during the game. He didn't just stick with JV and ride him out because JV was playing a great game. He adjusted as the game went along, and I give Nick Nurse a lot of credit for that. At the end of the day, your players just need to make plays, and Kyle Lowry did not make enough plays. Kawhi didn't hit the shot, and that's what happens. When you, when you mess around for that long with the team, you're going to lose. Uh, more comments. As the comments continue to, to file in and keep them coming, greatly appreciate it again. If you're watching this live on Twitter, as we do each and every Raptors game right after the game, on Twitter, live at Shell Alexander. And also follow along, take your questions on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Uh, let's see here. We got more comments. Somebody please tell Kyle Lowry he's supposed to be the second team leading, the second leading scorer on the team. That's interesting because things are starting to change a little, right? You came into the season with the idea. It was always that. Kyle Lowry, second leading scorer after DeMar. The season started with Kyle Lowry being the second leading scorer after Kawhi. But with the emergence of Siakam and Serge hitting shots like Serge is hitting shots, it almost seems as if Kyle has found, like, He's been okay with his scoring going down, but he's more focused on facilitating and keeping Serge's numbers and JV's numbers up. And that's when I didn't have a problem with Kyle Lowry not shooting the ball well. Because I felt that, yes, we looked at JV's numbers and JV's numbers are dope. But how many of those baskets are set up by Kyle Lowry, right? Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse through this offense, through this game plan, are putting JV and Surge night in, night out in positions to succeed. Where these guys, if you can just make easy paint layups or dunks and shouts to JV for finally dunking the ball consistently for back-to-back -back games now. But between Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse, those big guys are getting put in a great position to succeed and their numbers are showing. And as long as that continues to happen, I'm okay with Kyle Lowry not shooting the ball well. My biggest issue is, again, when he's passing up shots in crunch time. In crunch time when there's a lack of offense and it just turns into give it to Kawhi, everyone else move out of the way. That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, did they play Ibaka out of the game? He's still shooting well from the top of the key. It's tough. Because JV had it going tonight. And you're going to ride a bit of that hot hand. But then maybe the minutes that Serge would have played more were taken up by the fact that D'Angelo Russell was just killing them on that pick and roll. And so Serge or JV, it just wasn't a good matchup for them. So they rolled with Siakam for a longer time playing that five position because he was able to switch and still kind of contain uh, D'Angelo Russell, who played a pretty good game. D'Angelo Russell was shooting well for the, for the Nets, right? 29 points, he was their high scorer, 13 of 22, he was solid, he was solid. The Nets had a more balanced attack, right? I'm counting, what, four, six guys in double digits for the Brooklyn Nets? When you go to the Raptors and you have three guys in double digits, right? The Nets led for most of the game, 
the Nets won more quarters, no? It's just a game where you're the Toronto Raptors and you let a team like that hang around and hang around and hang around. You're asking for trouble. And that's what the Toronto Raptors did. They were asking for trouble for sure. It's weird. I'm looking at Siakam's stat line, and he's 6 of 15, 15 shots for 16 points. And you're looking at that, and it's not like it's a terrible shooting percentage, but it, we've been spoiled by his, like, 70-plus percent, <laughs> right, field goal percentage. And you can't be relying on that night in, night out, because that's not fair to ask of the kid yet. It's not. So you're going to take an L. As the Raptors continue to not get much from their bench in terms of CJ, Freddie, and DeLon, the Raptors are you're going to take L's when that consistently happens. When Danny Green and, and uh, Kyle Lowry, your backcourt, when they go two for 10 and one for eight, and yes, most of that bad shooting is Kyle Lowry, but also you're not finding shots for Danny Green. Danny Green should attempt more than one three in a game. No? Danny Green only attempted one three. At some point, you gotta find that guy a shot. No? Let him knock down, let him knock down a shot. Attempt even more than one three. That's not a good look. The Raptors just didn't play well at all. And to be honest, this might sound crazy, but even if the Raptors won that game in overtime, it's almost still like a loss. I know that sounds crazy, but this goes back to my overall theme of this season that it's about the greater process of where this team is going, right? And so you're not supposed to go to overtime against the Brooklyn Nets, especially when you got such a massive week of games coming up. You're supposed to smash the Brooklyn Nets. And first off, heading into this game, a lot of the talk was about, do you rest Kyle or do you rest Kawhi because of the big week coming up and because the Nets aren't one of the top tier teams in the league? So if that's your mentality and then you play your starters, you definitely should not be going to overtime. It's like once the game was close, that's technically, and I'm doing air quotes for people listening to this, that's technically almost a loss already because you wanted to see things, you wanted your bench to play well so that, you know, Kawhi and Kyle could get a bit of a rest at the end of this game, right? You wanted that to be a 10 to 15 point lead so that you could get those guys out of the game early so they could be chilling, feet up on the bench, waiting for the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday. Instead, they had to play big-time minutes. Kawhi had to play 38 minutes. Kyle Lowry had to play 36 minutes. Siakam played 37 minutes. That's not a good look. Again, this is a big week, and now it's like all fans want the Raptors to go into Golden State with their full roster. We want to see them play the Clippers and Warriors with the full roster. But can you really afford to do that now? Right? This was a game you could have gotten rest for those guys. And again, that's why I'm saying the fact that it went to overtime, period, was almost a loss, even if the Raptors somehow found a way to pull out that victory. It's just a bad performance. And you're hoping if you're Nick Nurse that this is something that the team can learn from and and come out and say, hey, we got to... We got to put in a shift every single night, regardless of who we're playing against. There's no nights off. There's no easy teams in the league. We got to come out and be workmanlike and take care of business, regardless of who we're playing against. And the Raptors did not do that again tonight. A bad start in the first half. There's the bench mob 
it's almost like we have to start thinking about do you remove the bench mob title from this group because this isn't the bench mob uh let's see more comments here from instagram uh they shouldn't need to stand around and wait for Kawhi to save us totally agree another comment on instagram Nick should have kept JV in the game and substitute Fred for Kyle. I don't. I mean, that's just bigger issues. Again, we talked about why you couldn't really play JV or Surge. The pick and roll with D'Angelo Russell, it was just a killer. And that's a tough matchup. That's a tough play to ask your big guy, especially JV, to get out there and be able to stay with a shifty point guard like D'Angelo Russell, especially when he was knocking down that mid-range as easily as he was. It's a tough ask. And in terms of subbing in Fred for Kyle, why? Fred's shooting just as poorly as Kyle is. So I'd rather have Kyle out there than Fred. I'm not mad at Nick Nurse's substitution patterns. I'm not. People are also asking what happened to Serge. Was he injured? I just think JV played so well. And when you downsize and you give those five-man minutes to Siakam, right, because you're going small, someone's going to get less minutes, and that someone was Serge Ibaka tonight, right? Serge with only 20 minutes, JV with 26 minutes. It happens. Uh, why not go for a two on the last possession? What the F? We have big bodies to get right to the rim. Again, as, as stated, right? When the double team to Kawhi happens and Kawhi passes that ball, Kyle had options. I think Kyle could have driven. I don't know if he could have gotten all the way to the cup, but he wasn't driving aggressively. You could tell he was driving to pass it to someone. And Fred just happened to be the guy right in front of him. And again, with the clock winding down like that, there wasn't that much time. Um, someone else says JV got exposed big time. Yeah, defensively, it's tough. And that's what makes a genius of what Nick Nurse has done in terms of putting him into a position to succeed. Tonight was the first time that we saw that, okay, this isn't going to work with JV. Let's rest him for a bit. Let's get, you know, Pascal in there. And it just shows the, vers the versatile lineups the Raptors are able to throw out there night in and night out. More comments. Kawhi doesn't need to be clutch. He just needs to draw attention and kick out to Danny Green. I think that's the next step of Kawhi getting used to playing with the Raptors, right? Because right now it's just clear out, Kawhi, get your shot off. He's going to get used to driving, and there's going to be movement on the back side of the floor, on the opposite side of the court, right? There's going to be cutters. There's going to be guys, you know, fading to the corner for the open three. He's going to build that chemistry with those guys. We're starting to see it a little more where he'll drive and he'll, he'll notice and catch uh, Siakam cutting to the basket. That part's starting to come. And with more time, with more games, this is what, game 27? That's going to come. I'm not really worried about that. You just need to play these close games because the more and more you go through it, the more experience Kawhi Leonard's going to get playing with these teammates, the more experience the teammates are going to have with Kawhi, and everything's going to be all right. To me, the bigger lesson is don't mess around with crappy teams like this. You got to take care of business early and not leave it to the end of the game because then you're just asking for trouble in situations like this. Uh, someone says here, sticking in Instagram with the comments, they need someone else who was lethal down the stretch. Pete, Bradley, Beal, and Morris for JV. Wright, Miles, and Powell. Green to the bench. Wow, this guy is switching up the whole Raptors team. I don't know if I'm down with that. Like, let's not, let's not go too crazy here, right? They're still first place in the entire NBA. 
They're 21 and six. They lost at the buzzer in this game. Like it's not all doom and gloom. I'm not, I don't think you need to go and make a huge sweeping move and trade JV, right? Miles and Powell, right? Like, I don't know. You need to do all that. Like that's, that's big. That's a lot there. But this proposed trade someone's putting out, and I don't even know, I didn't put this in the trade machine. I don't know if this person, who's this, Ray, did this. He's saying, Beal and Morris for JV, Wright, Miles, and Powell. I don't know if I like that just because you're giving up a lot of your uh, bench depth, but he's saying you can now shift Green to the bench to play alongside Freddie, OG, Monroe, and Morris. Stick uh, Your bench is okay and Beal's with the starters. Again, I don't think you need to make that big drastic of a move. Things are okay right now. Things are okay. No need to panic. They just need more continuity, more reps. And the bright spot in this is that it's another game where they got reps in crunch time. And I feel like the more and more we see Kawhi in crunch time, the better he's getting. Yes, I know the focus is going to be on the shot that he missed, but we're seeing that he can get his shot off. And I say it all the time. It's a Kenny Smith saying, right? It's a make or miss league. Guys are going to be able to get their shot off. And then from there, it's make or miss. It's not more complicated than that. And Kawhi can get his shot off. It just rimmed out. Not worried. I'm not placing like any more value on that or saying clutch or anything like that. I think that's a little crazy. Uh, CJ Miles' value is on his jersey number. Yep, the CJ Miles GoDaddy curse continues. He had four points in this game, but they were all from the free throw line. He was 0 for 1 from the floor. But CJ's not the only one struggling. The whole bench mob is struggling, right? Freddie still continues to struggle. He was only 2 for 6. DeLon was 2 for 8. The bench is not doing it as as well at all. Uh, more comments here. Instagram. Again, people, thanks for joining me here on this Friday night because that's a tough loss. It's a very tough loss. It's a Brooklyn Nets game. I know if you're watching this game and tuning into this podcast right now, you are a diehard Raptors fan. So shout out to you. And this is the purpose of this platform, right? It is for Raptors fans to have a place to discuss what just happened right after the games. And so I will continue to take your questions on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and on Twitter as well at Shell Alexander. We're here live, wrap it up podcast after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Again, the Raptors fall to the Brooklyn Nets 106-105 in overtime. Raptors, if I'm not mistaken, have now dropped to one and two in overtime games. So you're getting reps in for close games. Getting reps in for close games. Now, it's still early in the season. As the season progresses, you want to see reps where you end up winning in overtime. But hey, we'll get there. Uh, someone here in, we got another comment here on Twitter. I don't know about Sunday, man. If the Raptors play like this on Sunday, it will be a blowout. Yeah, it's true. Gotta come out firing against the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday. That is a big boy game. That is a game where you need to put up or shut up. Like that is a big time matchup. You got run out of the gym the last time you played even though it was with Ka without Kawhi Leonard, you still got run out of the gym. So this is a chance, if you're the Toronto Raptors, to gain some form of revenge. You also want to see Kyle Lowry start to, to shoot his way out of this slump. Now, very interesting comment here just popped up. 
And I've been saying, you know, you got to get your reps in in close games. And someone here says, uh, forget the reps in. They should know better. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Again, I think everybody at the start of this game would have thought that this was a trap game, right? We know the week that's ahead. We know how tough the schedule is ahead. This Brooklyn Nets team, the way that they play, they can get hot. They can shoot the lights out for a bit. You got you can't have it be a close game against these guys. You got to run them out of the gym, and the Raptors did not do that. Uh, here's a question from Twitter. What trade do you think the Raptors can make for a scorer? So I'm seeing this a lot now. Are people really that worried? Like, is it, do you think the Raptors need to make a trade to add a second score behind Kawhi? Or are you just happy enough with maybe Kyle will work his way out of the shooting slump? Maybe Siakam will start playing better. And between him and whichever big is playing, JV or Serge, that person will be consistent enough that they are the second score night in, night out. What do people think? Also, the thing we got to remember too, the bench is still playing terribly. And the strength of this Raptors team from the beginning of this run, the beginning of this playoff success, the names have changed, right? But I'm saying if you go back to the Lou Will and Grievous Vasquez days, right? This entire Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan, Dwayne Casey run, one of the key factors behind the team's success has always been the depth in the bench. This team is no different. Yes, you have better high-end talent in terms of Kawhi Leonard, but as far as this team is going to go, you still are going to need the bench. Your secondary players are going to have to play big. I've always said, Kyle Lowry is an all-star, don't get me wrong, but the reason why Kyle Lowry and DeMar were getting those all-star looks was because of the strength of the team and the foundation built by Masai, and at the time, Dwayne Casey, right? It was the strength of the team and the success of the overall team. It was the whole being greater than the sum of the parts, right? And when you look at this Raptors team now, yes, they're just relying on Kawhi to basically bail them out and save them when you need more consistent production from Kyle Lowry, from your bench mob. That's what I think. I don't know if you can go out and make a trade because I feel like the way that the team is set up right now, they'll work their way out of this. I have confidence in the bench be being able to figure it out in terms of Freddie will play better. DeLon will play better. CJ Miles, I don't know. I'm really starting to worry about CJ. But I think Nick Nurse can figure out a rotation where he gets Pascal to get a lot of looks with the bench mob, and I think that will be a key part of the bench figuring it out. But you can't do that right now when, you know, there's matchup problems with the bigs or Surge or JV get in the foul trouble. I think that makes it too tough for you to then stick to a rotation where Siakam is getting minutes with the bench mob. Because you got to remember, Siakam was a big, big part of the bench mob. So removing him, obviously takes a lot away from the success that Freddie and DeLon had last year. So sticking with this theme of do we think the Raptors need to, to make move here, it says, look at all the contenders. Every team has a solid secondary score. Do we really trust Kyle? I don't. Another comment right after that. The Raptors need a second primary score. Kyle is not the guy. Kawhi can't carry it all. Wow. 
seems like the the I didn't mean to say this pun, so I stopped myself, but I was about to say seems like the claws are out to get Kyle Lowry right now. And I mean he's earned it. Again, his last three games have not been good. If I bring up his last three games here in the box score, he has not looked good for a while now, right? His shooting numbers are really, really bad. I guess even if you go back, he his last three games, one of seven against Denver, two of eight against Philly, and one of eight tonight. That's not going to cut it, right? That's horrible. And his three-point shooting, one of six, one of seven, one of seven. Again, it's not going to cut it. If you ask me, I think it's a shooting slump. I mean, even the game before that, he missed a game against Cleveland. But then before that, he was 4-14 against Golden State. Not great at all. Not good. Like, he's in a shooting slump. Can he work his way out of it? I think so. But we know, we've seen over the years that Kyle Lowry is a streaky shooter. He's a streaky player. We've seen the ups and downs. But the thing that does, you know, start to creep in is we've seen him wear down as the seasons have gone along. He can't be wearing down already because it's only game 27. So you wonder what's happening right now. And you, you wonder if there's a way to, how do you get him out of this shooting slump, right? Is it, you know, playing him more off the ball with Freddie so that there's another playmaker in there? Or maybe it's just what you guys are saying right now. Because there's a lot of people saying this. They're worried about who the secondary scorer is and do you need to make a trade, right? Uh, someone here bringing up trouble in Houston. Masai and his wizardry should check in on Eric Gordon. I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough. But right now, for sure, the problem is you can't just rely, you can't just rely on uh, Kawhi Leonard. You can't. And yeah, someone just said last three. It's been the last six games. As I said, he didn't play in the game against uh, the Cavs. The Golden State game was also a bad shooting game. I mentioned that. That was he was what four of fourteen. But the Memphis game before that, he was eight of twelve. Or sorry, eight of fourteen. I'll take that. That's pretty solid numbers. That's fifty-seven percent shooting. He played well in that Memphis game. Twenty-four points for Kyle Lowry. You'll take that, right? Again, it's been the last four games that Kyle Lowry has played. He's been shooting terribly. He missed one of the games against the Cavs, but again, Golden State four fourteen missed a game against the Cavs. One of seven against Denver. Two of eight against Philly. One of eight against Brooklyn. Hey, I don't know. Got to figure it out. I'm not ready to give up on Kyle Lowry yet. I obviously want to see what happens against Milwaukee Bucks. That is a big-time matchup. We know Kyle was on the floor when the Raptors got run out of the gym. So, got to see something more from Kyle come Sunday. Or else you start to really wonder, is he hurt? And then if he's not hurt, then I'll be with you guys in terms of the Raptors need to find some secondary scoring or a consistent secondary score. But then the, the issue comes down to what are you willing to give up for those things, right? Like, Because to get someone legit, you're talking about you might have to give up an OG. And do people really want to do that? And I'm talking about to get someone legit. Like, there's no way you're trading for a guy like Bradley Beal and they're not getting at least OG. Are you willing to do that? I don't know. 
you guys let me know what you think in the comment section or, you know, as this podcast continues, because we'll be back obviously on Sunday to discuss the Brooklyn Nets game. I'll just go through and read some more comments from Instagram before we wrap up here. But someone's asking, how do you play 36 minutes and score three points? Yeah, Kyle Lowry, you do that because you're avoiding shots, right? He passed up shots. Uh, the bench doesn't know how to use its bigs, Ibaka or JV. I think that's a thing. Because if you remember the bench last year was there's so much chemistry between Pirtle and Siakam. And those guys just knew how to play with, you know, that offense. Those guys as a five-man unit, they were used to playing with each other, right? They knew how to, you know, where the other one was moving to. There was a lot of big-to-big action between Pirtle and uh, Pascal. Is that really there so far with whoever it is, JV or Serge, playing with Freddie and DeLon? It's not there yet. With time, hopefully. Say what you want about Kawhi's chances of re-signing, but the fact that the second best player on the team has confidence issues and it's not a good sign that he'll be back. Way too early to, for me to be worrying about whether Kawhi's re-signing or not. I don't know. I, I've, I don't really think Kawhi's re-signing. I don't know what would change that. And obviously that's not based on any information. I just don't think that, you know, that much would have changed between what we thought when the trade was made. The only thing that's happened is he's playing and he's showing that he's a top-tier player. I do want to point out the fact, though, that Brian Windhorse was on ESPN SportsCenter and he was saying that the Los Angeles Clippers have a scout that's been at every single Raptors game this season. And basically it's just a sign that they're showing that they're all in in their pursuit of Kawhi Leonard. Take that information for whatever it's worth. I don't know. I, I just think that the more you try to worry about Kawhi re-signing, the less focus on the task at hand, which is not losing to the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> so uh, that those are my thoughts. I don't know. Everybody on that team not named Kawhi needs to work on their three-point game. Totally agree with that. Bad shooting night. Uh, I know it was out of frustration, but seeing Kawhi barking at the bench after his late three was great. Yeah, I do want to see more of that. That that was very key. I was I tried to rewind it to see if I could figure out what he was saying, but I couldn't really pick it up. But I like that he was at least fired up and showing some form of emotion. Uh, let's see. This is still their first loss to a sub-500 team overall, so I guess they're doing their job. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? You can't panic. Things like this happen. Over the course of a regular season, you're going to drop games like this that you should win. It's okay. Still in first place. It's still okay. It's not like they came, in, came out and completely no-showed and got blown out by the Nets, right? I think they tried to pace themselves, and even the way that Nick Nurse was working the minutes, where he held Kyle, Kawhi, and Pascal out of the game until about six minutes left in the fourth quarter and thought, hey, if I come back with these guys extra rested, maybe we can win the game. It was a good strategy, just didn't work out. That happens sometimes. Uh, more stuff on Kyle passing up open threes in crunch time against Golden State and Philly, but we ignored it because they won the games. Interesting point. Uh, second chance points are also crucial. Very true. Raptors are getting killed on the boards. Not a good look. And again, those things are just effort, right? 
a lot of those things, I don't think it's like you're terrible rebounding. I just think they didn't match the effort of the Brooklyn Nets in that game. Got to change that. Hopefully we'll see more rebounding and more hustle plays from the Raptors on Sunday. Uh, again, so many comments, too many for me to go through, but I do appreciate you guys joining me on this Friday night for this Toronto Raptors Brooklyn Nets game. Yeah, there are a lot of comments and I really appreciate it. Sorry, apologies, I couldn't get to all of them. I will read them after. Uh, I do see Mikey here asking a question. Uh, the Bucks just got better with the George Hill acquisition. Did they? Like George Hill is okay, but I'm not I'm, if I'm the Raptors, I'm not looking around and being like, oh, no, the Bucks got George Hill. We should be worried or we need to make a move because they made a move. The Jimmy Butler move is a move. George Hill is like, nah, nah. Think about it. George Hill was put in the perfect position last year, but alongside LeBron, and he couldn't even fully be consistent beside LeBron. Just my opinion. He's now a year older. Another year of wear and tear. I know they didn't really have to give up much to get him, so it's worth the risk. But if I'm, the, if I'm a Raptors fan, I'm not worried about George Hill. Just my opinion. Not worried about George Hill. Again, thanks for joining me on this Wrap It Up podcast. I'm scrolling through and there were so many. Someone says George Hill put the clamps on Lowry. Or sorry, yeah, puts Lowry on clamps. That's true. It's true. George Hill is a, is a solid defender. But you know what? George Hill also has to be healthy. And even last year during the run with the Cavs, he wasn't healthy for the majority of the playoffs. He was off and on. There were games where he was on the court but a no-show. Remember, too, that gets overshadowed a lot in the whole J.R. Smith debacle. All George Hill had to do was hit two free throws and the Cavs win that game. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. Uh, someone else says, OG is a good defender, but he is so raw offensively, it's painful to watch. OG has been struggling. Since he went down with that wrist injury, his first game back, he played all right. And then after that, he's been struggling along with the rest of the, along with the rest of the, uh, bench. OG is struggling a lot. And again, OG is a new part of the bench mob as well. OG played with the starters last year. So that's also another new piece. Really, we've been calling them the bench mob. And it's really just Delon and Fred. I don't know. Maybe we need to find a new name for the bench mob. Or change our expectations for the bench mob. Right? I don't know. Things are just weird for the Raptors right now. Irreg irregardless. I was about to say that. And the reason is because I was having a conversation today with one of my friends at work about saying the word irregardless. And then correcting myself about it and that was stuck in my head which led me to almost say that but anyways my point is there are issues regardless of whether or not the raptors won this game or not you're seeing the issues kyle lowry shooting numbers the bench still not really being there and do the raptors need to make a trade or make a move to get a secondary score or do we think that secondary score is currently on this team as constituted that's the question I will end this podcast with and ask you guys to give your opinion in the comment section and let me know what you think. Let me know what you think, Raptors fans. A lot of talk. People seem to be worried. Eric Gordon seems to be a name that's coming up here. I don't know how much I like Eric Gordon as a guy. 
I don't know. I don't really like Eric Gordon's game, to be honest. But, hey, it's early. I would tell people to relax. Things are still okay. This is a bad loss. It happens. But when you've only lost six games in the entire season and you're still in first place overall in the NBA and you're able to say that this is probably, what, you've lost six games and maybe two of them, so you've had two bad losses this year, like really bad losses, I'm saying, you know? It's okay. Not mad. Hopefully they come back and play better against Milwaukee. The Raptors seem to up, well, I shouldn't say the Raptors. Kawhi seems to up his his level of play as the stakes get higher. And I think the stakes are a little bit higher against Giannis and the Bucks. So I look forward to that game. Hopefully you guys will join me there as well. As always, we're live after each and every Raptor game on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And again, this is about dialogue. This is about having the conversation with you guys post-game. I want to hear your thoughts, what you're thinking, where your head's at, right? Because it's a conversation. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. This is a conversation, right? I'm not really worried about Kyle Lowry, but it sounds like a lot of people are. And that's very interesting to me. So I'm interested in this discussion. And it continues, right? This is just a podcast, but it'll continue in the comments section when this this gets posted. Trust me. So keep the in, keep the flow of comments coming because it doesn't stop. We do this for about a half hour to an hour after each and every game. And that's just for one hour but the conversation continues for 24 hours in between games as the comment sections are lit so tune in there again if you're missing this podcast live it does turn into a podcast which gets posted on itunes soundcloud and google play just search on blast podcast and you'll find this the wrap it up podcast and again shouts all the people on youtube who have been supporting the podcast that's where the chat in the comment section really gets heavy that's where i feel like the diehard raptor fans are you know they'll join us here during the live the live talk but then also check in on what's going on on youtube and see those comments as well again because we're just building a community for raptors fans right I want to hear from you guys. I want to get a pulse of what the fan base is thinking throughout this whole season. Because again, this is the best team in Raptors franchise history. They're off to the best start in Raptors franchise history. All the stakes are here. Masai put in all his chips for this season. So this is a big year. So Raptors fans, I'm here to have that conversation with you. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And as always, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is... The Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.